Today on Stick to Football Surprise, Matt Ryan stops by the show. Uh, we, we didn't know it was coming, but it's always great when uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the last 20 years stops by Stick to Football. Uh, we get to talk to him about uh, a lifetime supply of Gatorade, actually. That's what we talk about. And flavors, not colors. Right. Yeah, which <laughs> but maybe makes you a psychopath. Ahead, I don't know. I, I've seen the memes where it's like if you call Gatorade the flavor, not the color, we'll let it slip if you're Matt Ryan. But we're also kind of we're going to hand out Christmas presents to all 32 teams. It's that time of year where some of these, by the way, some of them are meant to be funny. So I don't get upset at us and leave a one star <laughs> review oh, because we made fun of your team. We're going to make fun of all the teams probably. So just. Have fun with it. It's lighthearted. But to start the show, we actually have some news to talk about. It came out that Terrell Suggs was cut by the Arizona Cardinals, and he wanted to go to Baltimore. It was out there. I think Adam Schefter even said it, that if anyone other than Baltimore claimed him, he just might not show up. Well, Baltimore didn't put a claim on him, but it wouldn't have mattered because the Kansas City Chiefs put in a claim, and at number 24, they had the waiver priority. So Suggs is headed to Kansas City. I actually love this move by Brett Veach. Even if Suggs doesn't, you know, he's not going to have eight sacks in the last two weeks in the playoffs, but you're blocking the Ravens from getting a difference maker. That is what this, like, I don't care if Suggs plays, you're blocking him from going to the team that the AFC runs through right now. And the Niners and Saints also put in a waiver claim for him. So it seems like these these teams with a playoff chance here really felt like maybe Suggs can add something. For the Chiefs, Alex Oakford, Tora Peck, Emmanuel Ogba's been out. I actually think he'll be asked to contribute as a situational pass rusher. I do too, and I think going back to your point, Matt, about blocking teams, teams don't operate even in the nutshell of, hey, we might see them in the divisional round. They operate in the nutshell of, we might see that team in the Super Bowl. So you're thinking, we don't want the Saints and the Niners to get this guy, and obviously the Ravens, if he had cleared waivers and opted to just sign there for a very low market value kind of deal. When you look at Suggs, like you said, there's an opening on this team for some snaps. He's got five and a half sacks this year, so it's not like there's nothing left in the tank here, and I don't think the Chiefs are going to be asking him to play 80 90% no. of the team's defensive snaps. So I, I like the move. I really do. And for Kansas City, getting a guy that's been there before and, and all the way is really important. I think that kind of stuff in the playoffs can't be you know, valued enough when it comes down to it. And when you look at it, it was a busy day on the transaction wire, really was. Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins, goes to the Saints, and if you watch them demolish the Colts on Monday Night Football, the only bad takeaway you could have had is, I don't know if you want Eli Apple starting or playing a ton against really good teams. In right, the and now you have a feisty physical guy who I think with with Janoris especially, he's been just buried in a bad situation in New York. When the Giants totally. signed him, he was one of the hottest corners on the market. So getting him back in a team where you're playing for something, you actually have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think we'll see him motivated, a little more disciplined. He's never going to be the most disciplined player on the field. That's kind of the beauty of his game. But both of these signings, and like you said with Kansas City, this defense now gets someone who's been there and done it. You have Tyron Matthew. Now you have Terrell Suggs. And Frank Clark has, has had some playoff runs with Seattle. He's been dealing with a stomach virus where he's, he's lost like 10 pounds, but he's now playing very, very well. He's been banged up all year. You have a core on defense that is, is terrifying, and I think you have to have that. Also, with Suggs, you can't underrate the fact that even though he was only there for a year with Lamar Jackson, he knows that team. And 
having someone who's familiar with the Ravens and what John Harbaugh does and what Lamar Jackson is like, I think that's incredibly valuable. If you're Kansas City, it's you in Baltimore in the AFC. I think you look what the Patriots, how they've been playing lately. I don't I don't think the AFC goes through New England anymore. I, I think Baltimore and Kansas City are the two best teams. So just a smart move by both these clubs who look like they are making it a nice addition for the postseason run here. Now, the other thing that's going on right now, Connor, is underclassmen declaring for the NFL draft. The deadline is January 17th. There's a three-day window after that. So the actual deadline is basically January 20th for players to declare for the draft. We're getting some decisions come in. We're waiting on others. I think most notably this week is a guy who decided to go back to school. That's Stanford tackle Walker Little, a junior who got hurt early this year, didn't see him play. He makes the decision to go back to school to try to boost his stock while healthy instead of you know, playing the, well, I got hurt. I'm just going to prep for the combine to go ahead and enter. I think this is smart by Walker Little. When Stanford's losing a lot of guys to the transfer portal, potentially, but he decides to go back to Palo Alto. Yeah, I think when you look at Walker Little, declaring for the draft would have been a gigantic risk. I think when it comes down to it, when you're hurt, something I want to make very clear with Walker Little, somebody we talked about a lot in our summer previews, Matt, to be honest with you, the film right now is not great where just because he's hurt, you don't go, well, if he gets healthy, we know he's around one caliber tackle. I was not there yet before the injury. Now, on raw potential traits, yes, he can get there, but I'd like to see him come back and I don't want to use the word earn it. The guy's a, a, a fine player. It's just that he needs to continue to develop to get his stock where a lot of people think it already is. So, that's one move that I'm actually a very big fan of for the player. Yeah, I am too. I really like that he's decided to go back and prove himself as healthy. And I think this year the offensive tackle class is a little muddled with Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs. Walker Little was going to have a hard time breaking into that group since he was hurt. Now go back to school, prove yourself a little bit. We didn't get a chance to talk about it while I was out sick. Jordan Love declared for the draft, and there was a lot of speculation in the last few weeks Utah State, he's a a graduate junior, so he could have transferred, gone the the grad transfer route. He decides to enter the NFL draft, and we talked about this a little bit on the Monday show, but I believe Jordan Love will be a first-round pick. Now, should he be? I I don't think so, but I think he will be. And if you want to compare that to like Daniel Jones last year, none of us thought he should be. First round pick, but we all knew he would be, that he was going to be because of supply and demand. I think Jordan Love, hopefully, uh, maybe this will be announced but by the time this podcast comes out. Hopefully, he will be in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I think that would be a great step for his draft stock. I don't know who's advising him. Uh, I am not, but I think that would be huge for him to go to Mobile, show off his traits, show his coachability, get around a staff like the Cincinnati Bengals, and then whomever else is going to be there. It might be the Miami Dolphins. That that could be really big for his draft stock. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think when you look at Jordan Love, it's something that you said on the Monday show during Mock Draft Monday. You watch the 2018 film, and a lot of teams are going to ask themselves, can we get this guy back to playing at this level? The guy that threw for 32 touchdowns and only turned the ball over with six interceptions rather than the guy that had 17 touchdowns and 16 interceptions this year. Now, when you look at the film, the flash plays are still there. The guy can throw the ball down the field. He can drop it in the bucket. He moves very, very well. It's just decision-making. You're wondering how much was in that offense. We go back to evaluations in the past, like Josh Allen, like Daniel Jones, where you sit there and say, man, 
Those guys are dropping the ball. Nobody's open. The offensive line isn't blocking anyone. They're overcompensating and trying to do too much. I think you saw Jordan Love do that in the LSU game when he turned the ball over three times. So there's things I'm very excited about with Jordan Love. But much like Josh Allen, I think ultimately I'll have him in the middle of the second round just because the concerns are very, very evident and you need the right offensive system and coaching staff to develop the bad habits yeah, out of him. Yeah, he's got some – there's some definitely some wrinkles that you're going to have to iron out. And I think um, – I know a lot of Colts fans have, have fallen in love with Jordan Love and say, you know, this could be our guy. I, I think with him you have to be very careful because the traits are intriguing. And you mentioned the LSU game. I actually like some of the things he did against LSU, but the decision-making sure. has been really bad this year. And that's, you know, when I'm evaluating quarterbacks now, guys who throw interceptions in college, they throw interceptions in the NFL. It's just how it goes. Usually don't completely take that away from a player. Look at Jameis Winston right now. It's just it is who they are. So with Jordan Love, I, I definitely worry about that a little bit. Now, one thing we did wonder, Alabama, not in the college football playoff for the first time ever. What is that going to do to the players who are declaring for the draft? Our guy is going to play in the bowl game. Uh, it sounds like Terrell Lewis, the edge rusher, and Trevon Diggs, the corner, both seniors, are not going to participate in the bowl game. It sounds like, though, Connor, we're going to see both these guys at the Senior Bowl. I don't think that's confirmed yet, but it, it, the rumors make it sound like they're both going to be. Oh, you got a little birdie yeah, over there? <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe shouldn't tell. I haven't confirmed that, but it sounds like they're both going to be there. Uh, I like both players. I think Terrell Lewis, the guy I put in round one on our mock draft Monday, uh, this could be big for them. I uh, understand them not playing in the bowl game as seniors especially, but I think the Senior Bowl could be big for both players. Yeah, and I think by the time this show comes out, the Senior Bowl surprise announcement should be official as well. But when you look at Lewis, Matt, we keep, we're getting in a trend this time of year for I'm sure our listeners are noticing. There are certain guys that have a gigantic opportunity in front of them these next couple months to go from round three kind of players to round one kind of players. And, and that's because they might have started the year off slow. They might have been playing through an injury, yeah. but now you get healthy. You go through the process. You'll be on an you'll be on an actual football field down in Mobile, Alabama, with live action drills and a live action game. And then you can get to the combine and show how athletic you are. So when you look at Lewis, I think Christian Fulton is a guy that comes to mind. We talked about on Monday was playing through a couple injuries this year. It's an exciting time of year for these players because their draft season starts. Yeah, right absolutely now. does. All right, let's take a break. We come back around Matt Ryan, and then we're going to finish out the show with Christmas gifts for all 32 teams. We have a great surprise for you today. We didn't know this one was coming, but we will always make time for the great Matt Ryan, Connor, who's joining us thanks to Gatorade. Matt, you actually got to surprise a high school player with a pretty cool award. What was that process like for you? Yeah, it was awesome. I got to surprise Eric uh, Gilbert this morning with the uh, 2019 National Gatorade Football Player of the Year Award. And uh, I was in the weight room with, with his uh, teammates and his coaching staff and some of the administrators from the school. And uh, we were able to surprise him with that. So it was special and uh, great to meet him and, and his teammates who just won a state championship this past weekend. Uh, so fun, fun day for me. That's awesome, Matt. Now, we were wondering before, does Gatorade just give you a lifetime supply of it now that you've presented the award? <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, you know, a lifetime supply of, of lemon-lime. That's uh, my go-to That's flavor. So, uh, yeah, I'll be hitting them up for that later on today. I, I like that you're a flavor guy and not a color guy. Because I, I was sick last week, and someone was going to get me Gatorade, and they're like, what color do you want? What color? Like, yeah, so if you're a color guy, or I guess if you're – 
if you're a Gatorade sponsor, you know that you know the flavors. But we did want to ask you uh, some questions about the season, man. Uh, the NFL 100 list just came out, and I, I've had my bones to pick with it. But what is it like not having Julio Jones on the NFL 100 list at wide receiver? A guy who uh, you know him better than anyone in the league. Um, you guys just tore apart my 49ers together a couple days ago. What is, what were your thoughts for Julio not being there? Well, he's certainly deserving uh, to be in there. And, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, whenever his career is done, uh, he'll go down as, as one of the greatest of all time to do it at his position. There's no question about that. He's 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 going to be in a gold jacket. Uh, he's going to have his bust up there in Canton. Uh, and, and maybe it was just a little too soon uh, for this list to come out. Uh, but he's... He's definitely uh, deserving of it and one of the you know great players of our generation. Now, Matt, being a Boston College guy, they're obviously relevant in the news right now, making a new hire from Ohio State with Jeff Halfley. You know, what do you think of this hire? Uh, do you have any history with him, and, and how excited are you for a new era of Boston College football? Well, I'm excited. I, I, I got to you know text with Jeff a little bit after he was hired and and uh, watched his press conference and you know thought he did a great job and, and is going to bring a great energy to to BC. Uh, I don't really have a history with him, but he has a history with people that you know I've worked with uh, in San Francisco uh, with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you know some of the former players that that I've gone against have have relationships with Jeff and and everybody raves about him and, and says you know he's a great guy and uh, will do a great job, work extremely hard. So uh, I'm fired up for BC. I think it's a great hire. Yeah, I do want to ask, because you, you brought Kyle Shanahan up, and this is bittersweet for me as the resident Niners fan, but how how nice is it to see Kyle on the other side of the field and to get a win against his Niners, who are red hot right now? Uh, what is there a, a lot of back and forth between you two when you're able to best his team like that? Uh, you know, you don't need to say anything after you've won, you know, but uh, we stay in touch a, a, a lot. And, uh, you know, I've texted him throughout the season. Uh, it's been fun to watch, you know, it's been fun to watch him play. And I'm happy for his success because he's a good friend of mine and uh, certainly had a great, you know, working relationship together. But uh, I'm happy for him and he deserves it. He works extremely hard. Uh, but it was nice to get the W on Sunday. You guys obviously got to a Super Bowl together, and it looks like right now for Kyle, even after that loss this weekend, that he has a good chance of getting to another one this year. Matt, what is it? I mean, you worked with him every day for a long time. What is it that just makes him so unique and so special? Well, you know, I think as a head coach, uh, he – he knows exactly what he wants uh, from from the players, and uh, he knows exactly what he's looking for at certain spots. And uh, I think, you know, that first and foremost is his greatest strength. Like he knows exactly what he wants from his X wide receiver, what he wants from his Z wide receiver, what his tight end looks like. They got a pretty good one in Kittle too. I mean, that, that he's an X factor right. uh, for them. But then also, he's got a great feel. Uh, for play calling and and diagnosing how a defense is trying to take away certain things and then being able to expose that. I was always impressed with that during my time with him. Now, Matt, you guys uh, have had a little bit of an up-and-down season, but it seems like you're clicking here late, and there's been a lot of speculation in the media of, of what's going to happen this offseason, but does it feel like in the locker room that you know, you got some young offensive linemen, especially Lindstrom, who's playing really well lately, does it feel like you guys are, are kind of catching your momentum late this year, which could build into something nice next season? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, you talk about Chris who who was injured in his first game and then, you know, was able to come back for us and, and play well the last two weeks. Uh, I think he's a guy 
that these next two games to finish off the season are really important from an experience standpoint uh, for him. Uh, but I do think there, there's something to build on. There's momentum that, that, that we can take into the offseason uh, for these young guys. And, and uh, you know, winning in tough places like New Orleans uh, on the road or going out to San Francisco, beating a good football team like that on the road, that's huge for young guys uh, to create belief that you can go out there and do it uh, and to show what it takes uh, in order to do that so they have uh, that, that right mindset as we move forward as a team. Well, Matt, thank you so much for the time today, man. We really appreciate it, and uh, we're wishing you the best of luck for the rest of this season. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas, NFL team, from me and Connor to you. Uh, Connor's going to take the AFC. I'm going to take the NFC. And remember, some of these are meant to be funny, okay? So don't get upset. Laugh. It's the Christmas spirit. Just have That's fun right. With it. It's the Christmas spirit. As my, Spread joy. As my six-year-old keeps saying to me, you can't get mad at me. It's the Christmas spirit. What's that's that's amazing number one. You can't get in trouble. Kids figured it out. Right. What's what's the one main thing that Emmett wants for Christmas this year? So (laughs) Emmett has uh, fallen into a cowboy phase. I've shown you the pictures. He wears cowboy boots boots every day. So he wanted a Chiefs uh, stuffed animal and a black cowboy hat. That's all he wants for Christmas. That's simple enough. Yeah, and he he wants to go to the University of Texas and meet Bevo, which. (laughs) <laughs> I think I actually think we're going to do it. We're just going to road trip down there. And uh, I reached out to the school. They were like, yeah, we could probably make that happen. So uh, using my influence, doesn't want to meet Vince people. Young, doesn't want to meet Tom Herman, Mm-mm. doesn't want to meet Sam Ellinger. And all three of these things you could probably set up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he wants to meet the mascot. Right. He's a weird kid. Oh, but uh, That's great, man. I mean, he wants to go to Texas for Christmas. Can't get upset with that. All right. Up first, the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys, I am gifting you the one thing you all want. Lincoln Riley as head coach. This also helps me as a Texas fan because you got to get him out of the Big 12 where he's killing all of us. The Philadelphia Eagles, what you guys need, a healthy, speedy, wide receiver. You can call him Henry Ruggs if you want. LaVisca, Shane Alt, whoever it is. I'm giving you guys speed and health at the receiver position. The Washington Redskins, the only thing. That could save your franchise. Merry Christmas. It's a new owner. Dan Snyder maybe finally sells the team to Jeff Bezos or something. Get him out of there. And the New York Giants, another generational prospect. I don't know how you guys get this lucky. With a number two overall pick, you get another freak show in Chase Young at number two overall in the 2020 draft. All right, over on the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills. Matt, if I had to ask you, what would you say was the last time the Bills won a playoff game? 1994? 1995. Oh, very, that's close. very close. It has been... A very long time for those loyal fans up in My Buffalo that's a, that's to a really get a playoff time. win. The Bills, they have a shot this year. Great defense. Trey White, who definitely deserves to be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. Josh Allen has really cut down the turnovers. Uh, they've gotten a lot of impact from free agents and rookies this year. And the most important thing is they're a very well-coached football team. I, I'm not sitting here and saying the Bills are going to make a deep run, but I think the Bills can really break that playoff win drought or at least have a chance to they have a chance to do it so a playoff win for the buffalo bills for christmas this year late christmas present the new england patriots this one for me it's been a rough year for injuries on the offensive line for new england but i think this is the team that should go out and trade for trent williams so when you look at trent right now i think it's going to be it's safe to say it's over in washington 
Now, with New England, there was rumors they were interested in, in trying to acquire him when Washington did not want to move him. I don't know if Tom Brady will be back, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you he won't be. And if you have Tom Brady back there at his age, you need a really good offensive line. So trading for Trent Williams would probably be ideal for them. The New York Jets, not saying this one's going to happen, but it's Christmas. You should believe in miracles. Matt Rule comes back for another interview, and the Jets finally give him what he wants after they miraculously fire Adam Gase. I think they're going to be dumb enough to stick out with Adam Gase, but the best Christmas gift for Jets fans this year would be to have a mulligan and get Matt Rule in the coaching cycle this year. The Miami Dolphins, listen, they're probably not picking number one, which means they probably don't get Broadway Joe Burrow, which is a shame for Dolphins fans, but I think there's been a lot of of promising takeaways this year for them under Brian Flores, and maybe a guy named Tua Tungabailoa with the injury now falls to them. I think a healthy Tua, healthy Tua is being the key there, would be the best draft and Christmas scenario for the Miami Dolphins. Broadway Joe Burrow. That's good. It's not fun when he goes to the Bengals. That's the problem. No, no. I've been thinking a lot about that, though. And it's like his speech about, you know, Southeast Ohio and how much that area means to him. It's it's perfect that he goes back to the Bengals. He's probably going to set up a foundation that raises like J.J. Watt money uh, for that area. So it, it does make some sense. All right. The NFC North. The Chicago Bears, I will be in Chicago Sunday. Looking forward to hanging out with a lot of Bears fans. My presence, you guys, is couples therapy for Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky because they are not on the same page right now. You heard it after the game Sunday. Mitch is frustrated. Matt feels like he can't call the plays he wants to play. They need to get together in a room and hash this out, figure out who's causing the problems. Couples therapy didn't work for me, but hopefully it works for these guys. The Green Bay Packers. Ten more years of Aaron Rodgers is all you guys need. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Matt LaFleur seems to be doing great things there. Just a healthy A-Rod for the next ten years would be great. The Minnesota Vikings, this is a hard one. What does this team need? Healthy Dalvin Cook, maybe assets on the offensive line. I think what you really need, a shutdown corner, because you have to deal with all those playmakers in the NFC North. If you're ever going to catch teams like the Saints, the Seahawks, the Niners, you're going to have to be able to shut people down. I'm going to give you Paulson Adebo. Somehow he falls to you in the first round. And then the Detroit Lions, a mulligan is what this team needs. A do-over at GM and head coach. Don't try to be the New England Patriots. Go do your own thing. Start over at GM and head coach, because I liked the Matt Patricia hire. I thought his toughness would be good for them. They have completely mismanaged this thing. Look at the impact Q Diggs is having in Seattle. That's the kind of guy you build a team around. They traded him for whatever reason. They need a, a completely new GM. They need a new head coach. Finally give Matt Stafford some help there. Yeah, Patricia is starting to feel like a uh, a watered-down version of Eric Mangini over there oh, where he's trying yeah. to do things his way. At least Mangini drafted guys like Revis. At the end of the day, it didn't work out. But when it comes down to it, Patricia, it's just very my way or the highway. And that's what ended Mangini's career in a couple different places. As much as I was a fan of him, that's what did him in. And the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they need a little duck luck this year for Christmas. you got to make good game this weekend against the Jets. Get the duck right, especially if Jamal Adams doesn't play. Uh, get his confidence level up before this postseason, before you got to play the Ravens to close out the year. Although it'll be interesting to see, Matt, if the Ravens actually are resting players. Keep that duck luck going two weeks in a row. Get hot before the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns, this is simple. The guy's name that should be Santa Claus for you this year is Ron Rivera. 
Move on from Freddie Kitchens. Get a professional football coach in there that can coach up this defense. Get a professional offensive coordinator working under him. Or keep Todd Munkin. I'd be fine with that. Although they'll clean house if they fire the coaches. That's very TBD. Ron Rivera should be the guy for the Browns. Baltimore Ravens. This is the easiest gift you can give out. The gift of health. Because if you stay healthy, you're probably winning the Super Bowl. It's as easy as that. Cincinnati Bengals. This one's different. We know they're probably getting Joe Burrow number one overall. They need to hit on that number 33 pick, and it needs to be an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow. This is not a good offensive line. This is not an offense. Now, Jonah Williams coming back can definitely help out, but you're still a couple pieces away where we're going to talk about that number one pick nonstop. It's about time we start talking about how important that first pick or second pick of round two will be. Yeah. That is going to be huge for them. Thank God he has Tyler Boyd to throw to. So he's got a couple weapons to work with there. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to hit the NFC and AFC South and the NFC and AFC West. It is present time for the NFC South. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the one thing you guys all need as I squint at the camera in front of me, LASIK coupons for Jameis Winston. Fix this man's vision, and maybe you won't be throwing interceptions on the first drive. Although I did see they're 4-1 when he throws a pick on the first drive. So maybe he just needs like get one out of his system, and then he's good to go. But Jameis needs to do something about the division. Get that corrected. The Carolina Panthers, this year's a wash. Next year probably will be too. Just keep Trevor Lawrence in the Carolinas. Build this franchise around him. That's the best present I can give you, going from Cam Newton to Trevor Lawrence. The New Orleans Saints... You need another wide receiver, but we all know Drew Brees isn't going to throw to him anyway because he has Michael Thomas. So we'll throw one out there just to make it a little more challenging for defenses. But Thomas, with his 150 catches this year, looks unstoppable right now. Anyway, for the Atlanta Falcons, I'm going to give you more time because I think, like we've heard from our friend Matt Ryan, they're clicking. They just need more time. I actually think Dan Quinn's a good head coach. They just got off to a bad start this year with some injuries. Like Matt said, they beat the Saints on the road. They beat the Niners on the road. It's a good team that's just gelling a little bit late in the year. All right, the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, man, there's no bigger lump of coal than Andrew Luck retiring, and now you need Ed Dodds to stay there. I think Ed Dodds will get some GM interviews if he wants to take them this offseason. Chris Ballard is a great GM, but you want these guys working together to find your quarterback of the future while you continue to build this team. I like Jacoby Brissett. He's a nice bridge option, a nice Band-Aid option. He's somebody that you can win games with. I just wonder if he's the guy that can go out and win you a lot of football games. So Ed Dodd staying there and evaluating the talent will be key for the Colts. I don't know if they're going to get that lucky. This might be the year that he gets a job. The Tennessee Titans, get that Ryan Tannehill extension done. Uh, This is obviously Mike Vrabel's guy. Tannehill's playing at a high level right now. It's pretty impressive when you consider that he came in at a a midpoint of the season and is playing like this. I think if you go into an offseason, you get him at a reasonable number. He's not going to command some absolutely absurd kind of contract, not what Dak Prescott's asking for right now, which Dak has earned. I think you can build the right offense around Tannehill, and this defense will be good enough where the Titans, there'll be a little window 
there for them to compete to take the AFC South in the near future. The Houston Texans, you just need J.J. Watt back and healthy and ready to go, and you can make some noise because when this guy's on, he's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So I know the gift of health is a very, very easy one. It's something we gave to the Ravens. But if J.J. Watt can come back, that can give this team the spark that they need. Jacksonville Jaguars, you need a makeover, a complete makeover. I don't know if we got to send you John Taffer. I don't know if we need to do, uh, what is it? Uh, Bar fi- rescue. Fixer upper. Just, just bring all of the celebrity fixing people you have, send them to Jacksonville and start from scratch. And, and that does not mean move to London, but that means to hire the right people where grievances aren't being fi- filed at an alarming rate to the NFLPA, where you won't have to spend $9 billion for a free agency. Jacksonville, this thing can be saved, but we're calling Bar Rescue to get it right for Christmas this year. I just pictured John Taffer like tearing out seats and putting TVs in and like yelling at people to shut it down. John Taffer like, and oh Gardner Minshew <laughs> together. Right. It's just amazing. Oh, man. We were supposed to have Taffer on the show a long time ago. We forgot. Fell through. We need to get him back. Yeah. <laughs> Bar rescue the Jaguars. He's like closing the pool. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, he can't keep that shit clean. Shut it down. All right. NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals. They need an elite offensive line coach because I think they have something with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Just got to protect Kyler now. Keep him healthy. The L.A. Rams, more draft picks is what this team needs, but we know they would just trade them for defenders anyway, so I I don't know why they would get more draft picks. The Seattle Seahawks, you need Jadavian Clowney back at a discount. If I could give you anything, it would be Clowney falling in love with the Pacific Northwest, taking a little bit of a hometown discount because when healthy, I don't know if it's been talked about enough how impactful he's been this year. He's been fantastic. For my San Francisco 49ers, the one thing they need right now it's a healthy roster. Weston Rickberg goes down. That's a huge injury to them. Richard Sherman's been out. We've talked about that one is enormous. The Niners, a lot like you said with the Ravens, Connor, it feels like if they could just stay healthy, this team's good enough to beat anyone, especially in the NFC. It's just getting the entire roster back together. I'm not even talking about the running backs. They don't even need those guys because you can put Raheem Mostert in and he'll rush for 200 yards and three touchdowns. But getting a healthy on the O-line, getting healthy in the secondary, seems to be the only thing standing between the Niners and going to Miami. Yeah, I mean, and also Les Snead has never seen a draft pick he didn't want to trade. The AFC West here, the Chiefs, got a little crazy idea. It sounds like the Jets are just going to be willing to dump Le'Veon Bell in the offseason, and they'll probably have to eat some of the money in that contract. Now, I know the Chiefs aren't swimming in cap space, but with a lot of the guaranteed money left on the 2020 part of the deal, maybe the Chiefs can dump off a fourth-round draft pick for Le'Veon Bell. That would be fun to watch in Kansas City. With Bell's ability to pass protect for Mahomes, his ability to run between the tackles, and most importantly, as a pass catcher, a coach that can use him because the coach is not blind in Andy Reid. So when you look at I love that matchup, and I think that's a fit that makes sense if the Jets are really going to move him in this offseason. The Broncos, they need an offensive tackle, and they need one of these good ones to fall to them in this draft. Andrew Thomas, Jedrick. Rick Wills, Tristan Wirfs. They need somebody at offensive tackle if they're going to go into next year with Drew Locke. Keep your young quarterback protected. The Las Vegas Raiders, Matt talked about it on Mock Draft Monday. It's time for a new quarterback. I don't know if that guy will be a developmental player like Jordan Love. I don't know if they'll kick the can down the road one more year and wait it out for Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, that quarterback group. Derek Carr it doesn't exactly scream Las Vegas 
to me, it's time to find Gruden's guy of this Gruden era, part two. The Chargers, they need a quarterback as well, but they need one to fall in this draft. They need Tua to fall. Uh, Maybe they'll take Herbert and things will work out over there. But the Chargers, it's probably over for Phillip Rivers. I think you could start Tyrod Taylor next year while you're getting a rookie ready. They've won a decent amount of games this year where they're not sitting in this window to guarantee to get a quarterback. Maybe they get creative and make a trade. But the Chargers, I love Phillip Rivers. Unfortunately, it's going to be time for a new face of the franchise at the signal caller position for them. Yeah, I love it. Those are our gifts. I want to ask you a question uh, that was not prepared, and this is completely off the rails. But uh, Drew Brees passes Peyton Manning all-time touchdown record, and Tom Brady is going to pass him soon. Do you think Drew Brees is a top-five all-time quarterback? Yes. Hey, that I, okay, that I do, I've too. Seen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If for, so for me, like it starts with Prime Montana. I mean, like it, the Montana era. Yep. So I think Breeze is a top five quarterback. Um, the the stick to football Hall of Famers are arguing like intensely about this on Twitter uh, because there's some Peyton Manning guys in there. There's some Favre guys in there. I think it's Brady, Montana, and then after that it's like a conversation like Elway, Breeze, Marino, Favre. I don't think I don't know if Peyton's top five. Oh wow. I think he is. I think it's hard, but he's in the conversation, right? I mean, I could list like seven guys that are top five. Is the problem? It's tricky. I think Breeze. It's it would be pretty insane to leave Breeze off. I mean, you know what it is with Breeze? Like when you think of Favre and Elway, you think of like the running around and firing the ball 60 yards down the field and like that fiery energy. And when you think of Brady, you think of 8 million Super Bowls and just, and really being the greatest of all time. When you think of Manning, you think of like the architect of like modern offense and being brilliant. When you think of Breeze, you think of just how pinpoint accurate he is. And I don't know if that gets people revved up the same way as the other things, but to me, it's one of the most important out of them all. I think his deep ball is. I think he's the prettiest. He's the prettiest deep ball thrower I've ever seen. Uh, Breeze is a lock in my top five. A lock. Yeah. I I will say that I'm not just trying to poke the stick to football Hall of Fame bear. Uh, Dan Barnes tweeted that Peyton Manning is a, has five MVP awards. That's a popularity vote. I mean, that's all yeah, that. I don't is. care about the, those. Tom Brady should have twelve if you were really giving it to the best player in the league. I think MVP is like that's like being a pro bowler anymore. You know, it means you're a quarterback and the media likes you. Yeah, that's it, what that means. It doesn't really hold that same kind of weight. And, and I mean, speaking of MVPs, like Eli Manning's a two time Super Bowl MVP. At least one of those should have went to a defensive lineman. Right. So, or David Tyree. Or ex- you know what I mean? Like the MVP thing is just. <sighs> that's a weak. That's a weak I, argument. I don't, like, in my book. I don't like using MVPs. This goes back to. But I mean, Joe Burrow deserved the Heisman this year. Don't get me wrong. But there's been a lot of Heisman winners before him where you're like, wasn't the best player in college. Not even close. Oh, right. He was the... Yeah, Troy Smith. Come on. I mean, Derrick Henry. Although Derrick Henry is shutting me up this year. He looks really good. Same. Same. Well, that's same our show. Happens. Yeah. I just wanted to throw something fun it's in fun. there at the end. It's a good show. Glad we got Matt Ryan on. Uh, I love seeing him go to bat for his guy, Julio. And, you know, obviously the Gatorade thing was really cool. Imagine being surprised by Matt Ryan when you're the Gatorade player it's, of the year. Oh, it would be amazing. I can't – when I was a high school kid, I always tried to go to those, like, Chiefs camps and stuff. I can't imagine, like, walking into the locker room and being like, oh, there's Matt Ryan. Just holding your trophy and a bottle of yeah. – a, a flavor. A bottle of Gatorade. Of, your favorite flavor of Gatorade. 
right, or color, however it might be. All right, that is our show. We'll be back Friday morning, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about, so it's going to be a fun one. 